0: Uh, today, we'll be in the book of Galatians, chapter 5. Uh, if you've been, you've been following along on the message last week, we weren't here online and the message that we preached before that. We've been in the same spot. Uh, so maybe you can, you can find that pretty easy. Uh, but Galatians 5, uh, starting with verse 22, if you would, when you get to Galatians 5, 22, if you would please stand. Uh, to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God this morning. You know, I, I thought of it as a joke. I don't ever ask you on the uh, online videos or any of those to stand. I, I don't know if you are standing at home, but I, I'm not picking at you if you're not. But uh, I thought about that. the, the Galatians 5, uh, 22 through 23, it says once again, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for allowing us once again uh, to assemble here together this morning. I I thank you for your peace, your comfort, your joy. Uh, Lord, I thank you for negative test results this week for myself. And Lord, I I pray that you watch over our congregation. Lord, I I pray that you'll uh, use this scripture that you've impressed upon our hearts that we've preached, Lord, for these three weeks. And Lord, I pray that we can uh, grow from it. I I pray, Lord, that we can be uh, uh, closer to you and uh, just continue to guide us, continue to direct us. Lord, I pray for that protection with this. Congregation, with this uh, community, Lord, this state, this nation, Lord, this world over, Lord, I just pray uh, that you would help us, guide us, direct us, and Lord, just uh, give us all the blessings, Lord, Father, that you can pour upon us. In Jesus' name I ask, Amen. You uh, can be seated this morning. Now, we've seen the last two uh, Sundays we preached through uh, the first six, and once again, we start with that first word, and we want to continue to focus on the fruit of the Spirit but the fruit of the Spirit. We've already talked about that being something that just naturally happens in your life. And each one of these, don't forget, uh, even the six that we've already covered, uh, is things that naturally happen in your life. It's things that we've talked about. A fruit tree doesn't normally have to think uh, about bearing apples or bearing oranges, your body. Uh, You don't have to think about breathing and your heartbeat. They just naturally occur. And the same word that's used here in the Greek is uh, applied in a very similar nature. It's just things that just naturally happen. It's the word carpos. Now that word carpos uh, uh, pretty much ma- is talking about that energy of a living organism. Just, it's a normal occurrence uh, for you to want to do this. So if we kind of rephrase it when you read this, but the fruit of the Spirit, just say, but the natural occurrence, the natural longing, the normal things that you're going to want to do as a Christian are these things. It makes a little more sense sometimes to just say, saying, oh, the fruit of the Spirit. No, it's natural things that you are going to want to do. And so far we've covered love, joy, peace. Uh, Those are emotional things that you experience. Those are things that uh, maybe you have within yourself. Uh, uh, People may not be able to see it immediately, but you have them uh, within yourself. Uh, We've talked about long-suffering, peace uh, and joy, Uh, the the emotional. We talked about long-suffering, gentleness and goodness, uh, which are physical evidence-based. So Uh, Those are things that people should be able to see in your life, uh, to have patience, to be gentle, and to just be good, uh, just be a good-hearted person. Those are things that people should see. And the next three fruits that we're going to cover, uh, which is faith, meekness, and temperance, uh, I want you to realize they're different than the other six because they are basic, fundamental fruits that you should have. They're basic Now the other six, they they may be emotional, they may be something that people can see, but these are fundamental things that every Christian should have or you should eventually acquire. Okay? And there are definitely things that you want, especially that last one. We'll get to it in a minute. Uh, but these three fruits of the Spirit are basic, fundamental fruits. Now, the first one that it calls out, praise the Lord, uh, I, if you don't realize how basic, fundamental that is, you might be missing the point of, of believing in Jesus Christ's faith. Uh, you must have Faith. Now, this quality, we, we, we look at our relationship with God and we say, yes, we have to have faith in God. Yes, we have to believe uh, on the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, and that shalt be saved. That's basic faith. And hey, if you're a Christian today and you don't understand faith, you've missed the first part of accepting Christ. We have to have faith in our lives. Uh, But beyond even having faith in Jesus Christ, I want you to realize something. These fruits uh, don't just apply to Jesus. They don't just apply to your salvation. Uh, You must have faith. Now, what does that really say? Uh, It says that you uh, need to be faithful. It says that you need to have a relationship with faith. Faithfulness needs to coincide with everything that you have. How you act, how you treat people, uh, the, your work, your spouse, your children, your church. What do you have faith in today? Uh, what kind of faith do you uh, Being faithful is being somebody that can be counted on, okay? Uh, being faithful is somebody that when you say you're going to do something, what do you do? You do it. Now, how many people know people that are not faithful? Uh, they do not do the things they say that they're going to do. My wife will probably say, yeah, as it says, they'll take out the trash uh, uh, one afternoon, but the next morning the trash is still there uh, because he fell asleep on the couch and uh, crawled to bed because he forgot and fell asleep. Now, yes, that's not being faithful, but I really want to think about a broad amount. My wife, she'll get over it. But being faithful is being able to be counted on. Now, eventually I'll get that stuff taken out of the trash can, but can she count on me as a husband to remain faithful to her? Can we remain faithful to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Can we remain faithful in, in giving to the church and showing up to church and, and, and being part of the church? Can we be faithful in, in going out and witnessing for God? Can we be faithful uh, that we don't have our nasty, perverse mouths and let things slip that we don't or really need to let slip in front of people that ruins our witness? Can we be faithful... Just as God will stay faithful to you, the Word of God says that He does not leave you, He does not forsake you, He'll be with you all the way, even until the end of the world. Jesus is faithful. His Spirit is faithful. If you have faithfulness in your life, you should be able to look and and realize that when you face tough roads with your family members, stay faithful. When you have tough times at work, when you have tough times at home, when you have tough times at church... You need to remain faithful. So many today abandon everything and everyone when they experience one hard time. They do. They experience one hard time and they say, well, I'm done with that. I'm not going to go back to that church because that preacher said something I don't like. I'm not going to go back to their house uh, uh, because of the way they they talked about so-and-so. I'm not going to do this or do that because of the way they do this or do this. We lose faith. We don't remain uh, faithful to people. You know, Jesus, what He did was He never let anybody down. Do you all realize that? In Scripture, Jesus never lets anybody down. And I want you to realize something. You are going to let somebody down. Jesus, never let anybody down, praise the Lord, but you will. You say, Zach, that's kind of that's mean. You, you say that I'm going to let people down. Yes, I will let this church down. I will let my family down. I will let my work down. You will let your spouse down, your friends down, your church. You will let people down. What we have to do is nobody expects you to do everything perfect, I hope. Don't let that be a normal occurrence. Don't let people down all the time. You're going to, but what we really have to say is nobody expects you to feed 5,000 with just a few loaves and some fish. But if you say that you are, you better. You need to be faithful. Do what you say you are going to do. Show up when you say you are going to show up. Do exactly what you say you're going to do. Faith is a basic fundamental attribute. It's basic. You believe in Jesus Christ. You believe in God, you should also believe in Me, is what Jesus said. We have faith. Our whole religion, if you want to put that in quotation, it's not not work-based, it's not doing this and checking off a tick list, it's not steps. It's faith. Our whole premise, our whole idea is believing in Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. It is, uh, is becoming a new creature. It is letting Him indwell within you. Removing a, uh, your old life and becoming a new person. Faith. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And more importantly, faith, when we start these, these here, these last three that are fundamental fruits. You have to have Faith to be saved by God's grace. You have to. You have to have some sort of faith in your life. You must trust in the son of God. You must trust in the blood that was shed. You must trust in his death to pay for your sins. That's true faith. I have that faith. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody here, but to be saved, you have to have the faith that Jesus died on the cross was sufficient to pay for your sins. The next fundamental fruit of the Spirit is we have faith. After that, we have meekness. Now, meekness can also be translated humility, just so you understand, being humble in so many ways. Meekness is an attitude of the heart that accepts the Lord's dealings with us as good, perfect, and acceptable. Did y'all hear me? It is the attitude of your heart That accepts what God puts in your life. That's meekness. That's saying that you don't have to succeed in life to be blessed. They don't call us to be successful. Okay, The Spirit of God calls us to be the first one before this, faithful. And to accept that, you have to be meek. You have to be accepting to what God puts in your life. Now, meekness is not to be confused with weakness. It may appear that to the world. And it's acceptance by a Christian to be meek. But I want you to realize something. That when Jesus went to the cross, He had all power to not go. He had all power to stop on the road. He had all power to uh, stop toting His cross. Uh, he had all power to speak uh, when they demanded questions from Him. He had all power to, in the Garden of Gethsemane when His his sweat became as drops of blood to say He's no longer going to do this. Do you realize that at a moment's call, He could have called all the angels in heaven to come down swoop Him up and said He's done with us. Uh, uh, these people hate there's no way I'm going to the cross for those vile people I've called twelve people and showed them everything all these powers uh, fed these people healed these people but I want you to realize Jesus had the attribute of meekness he had the power to leave but he stuck with them he had the power to abandon us people but he stayed he had all power to avoid death and he could have easily destroyed the Roman government. He could have. But his meekness sent him here to do something. His meekness was what laid down his life. His meekness was his willingness to do something that he knew he didn't have to do. You know there's certain things in this world that we don't have to do, but meekness calls us to be... To turn that cheek. Meekness turns us and tells us to love each other. And just as Jesus did in and, and, and Matthew 5, verse 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, this, this, these words are spoken, it's, blessed are the meek. It's, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Praise the Lord. This is a quality of a Christian that I want you to realize something. Meekness is not something the world calls that being powerful. Okay? You don't get to the top of a corporate office being meek a lot of times. Uh, you don't climb the ranks and be a CEO or, or a big stockholder in a company by being meek, by, by being passive, by letting things go on that you had the power to stop, but you let them go on because there's certain things that we have to step back. Meekness, humility, humbleness. Those are a fruit, praise the Lord of the Spirit. That's what He's given you. You know... We think about we 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 went through eight and we've got one more and that's going to take a minute probably, but we've got eight so far and sometimes we really I think we lose the thought process of this is something that we don't provide this. You can take and stick your sticky note in this page, circle this piece of scripture. These are not coming from you, church. Do y'all realize that? I'll read them to you again down to this point. The fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the fruit of Zach. It doesn't say the fruit of yourself. It doesn't mean a natural occurrence happens because of you. I'll read it to you again. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness. Those eight things so far, they have all come from God. And the last one does too, praise the Lord. But they come from God. It's nothing that you can harness. It's nothing that you can go to enough a uh, uh, self help therapies. You can't call an eight hundred number. You can't see a therapist. You can't sit down with your preacher and talk. You can't do certain certain things and get these things. These naturally occur from a Christian. These naturally occur from God's people. These naturally happen without even thinking because you love God. Because you had faith in Him. Because you've accepted Him. Do you understand, church, that if you want these fruits of the Spirit, it's not something you just say, yeah, I'm going to change things. No. It's that you accepted Jesus Christ and it naturally comes out of you because God loves you. You have to let those things come out. Boy, I've been saved for 18 years now. I think, yeah, I've been saved for 18 years. (laughs) You better believe the first ten, there wasn't no fruits. You didn't see no fruit or no spirit for me. Yeah, I might have been halfway nice sometimes. Nah, wasn't there. Can we really show these God-given fruits that He's given you? This last one, and I really looked at this a lot. We went through. Faith. We went through meekness. And we get to temperance. Now, I had to spend some time looking at this because my wife, I'm picking at her. It's okay. And anybody that knows me, it's okay. If you've been around me much sometimes, I I don't have this one real good. It's temperance. Now, this ain't talking about going out and drinking. Let's just go ahead. That's not what it means. Temperance is the last fruit that's called out. And I think that Paul called out this one as the last fruit because I truly think Paul struggled with this one too. I almost, think, I almost see Paul in a prison cell writing to the church at Galatia and maybe rewriting that last one a few times. What should I really say? What is the Spirit really... And he probably wrote this one and scratched it out a few times because I, I almost think Paul was maybe upset by this last one that God kept telling him. And it should, it upsets me sometimes thinking about this last one, temperance. Now, it's the last fruit because it's a mouthful to have temperance. You know, just as we started this journey, if you go back, the very first fruit that, that Paul calls out is love, and we get down here to temperance, and boy, they connect, OK? Love, all the way through, love is involved with every one of these. But praise the Lord, when you get down to temperance, uh, you have to look at that and seeing uh, the same place that the the journey starts with a Christian in love uh, is really the same place we should see see our life grow as a fruitful Christian uh, to have temperance. Now, uh, temperance is something that, you know, not having it, is something that I have suffered with, uh, not having enough of it in my life. Especially as, a, as married young, when I first got married, temperance. You know, I put up with her more than I used to. Picking at her. I, temperance is something that I've got more since becoming a minister. Yeah, to begin with, my wife's shaking her head. Mm-hmm, yeah, didn't have it to begin with. I didn't put up with no bull. I, I didn't. I had ideas. I had thoughts. And I want you to realize something. When you get headstrong, that's when you lose temperance. Uh, That's when you lose a a little bit of that love. When you get down here to temperance, I want you to realize, you can uh, write in your Bible next to that. That really means self-control. Okay, That's having control over your own self. Now, you're saying, Zach, as a preacher, you've lost your self-control? You sound like a crazy man. (laughs) Hey, I I probably can look at everybody in this church house and say, have you lost your self-control before? And if you say, no, you're lying. You have got uncontrollably, uh, just unexplainably mad about something. You've got uh, uh, out of control on what you wanted to do. Hey, some of you smiling, it's all right. You've lost your self-control. Young people, old people, you've lost it. You might have even lost it this week. (laughs) It's something easily, now I hope nobody's lost love. We can back up and say, yes, I love people, that's great. But did you keep your temperance? Did you keep your self control? I want you to realize this morning that each and one of us have character flaws. Did y'all know that? Y'all got flaws? Y'all got problems? You've got something about your character that's not good to say. Zach, I have outstanding character. No, you don't. There's certain things about you that's not right. There's certain things about you that I want you to realize this may not be right, uh, but we have the power to let the Spirit and dwell with us and make them right. You should always expect certain flaws to stay when you become a Christian. When you become a Christian, you don't lose your flaws. You might lose a couple of them. Or you might lose some of them. You may get saved and say, I have no desire to cuss anymore. You may never cuss a day in your life ever. When you get saved, you say, I have no desire to look at somebody else and lust after them. You may do fine. But when you get saved, it would be hard to say, Lord, I'm never going to lose control of my emotions. I'm never going to lose control. Paul lost control multiple times. I, I, I believe that, that Paul lost his emotions. Peter lost his emotions uh, so many times. They had little nitpicks and, and hardships shits between the disciples sometimes. We see that they lost control. The Bible tells us that the spirit and the flesh are at war. They talk about a a war that's going on all the time. Paul writes, in so many ways, it's it's really long, and I don't want to read it because it's almost confusing, but Paul says he knows what to do, but he does the opposite. That's what Paul writes. Paul, okay, the one that wrote a big majority of these letters that we get to read and preach from, he knows what to do, but he does the other. What does that mean? That's self-control, folks. He could not control his urges. What he wanted, his body overpowered his mind. He did things that that he could not explain. You do the same thing. Sometimes we do things because we get caught up emotionally. We get caught up in so so many things that we have poor impulse control. We do. We have poor control. We we are very self-centered. We are very materialistic. We are us. I say, Zach, that's not me. I'll... I'll charge you to read this and look at it. We are fallen people. We are sinful people. We have the poor impulse control. We desire to acquire things that we do not have currently, even if it was never designed for us to attain it. We want things that we were never supposed to have, and we're going to do whatever it takes to get those things because you want it. What is that? That's losing self-control. That's going out and doing things beyond what you ever should have done. We are guilty of doing that, and we are guilty of doing anything we can do to attain things we don't need. You can probably recount a time in your life, right now, that you did not control yourself. I can't. I could probably not go back seven days and say, well, I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably got mad in a drive through line. I probably had some road rage, lost some self-control. That's one of the things we think of. So we, we lose that self-control. We get mad for no apparent reason. Once you become a Christian, once you accept God's grace, you try to live a life that's pleasing to God. I hope you do. I hope that you're, if you're saved today, that you are trying to please God. I hope that if you're trying to please God, you're going to struggle with these gifts. And you're going to struggle with self-control. You're going to have major battles. You're going to have major conflicts. Uh, another word that is translated from this Hebrew word is talking about uh, this, uh, this temperance is restraint. Listen to this. It is restraint from natural impulses. Okay? It's restraint from doing what you would normally do. You know, when you do something repetitive enough, your body learns to just do it. You get out of bed on a certain side of the the bed. You put on a certain pair of clothes. You uh, do things. You brush your teeth a certain way. You've got a rhythm. You you do your hair a certain way. It becomes a rhythm. You do it without even thinking. I want you to know something. And you'll try to stop that one day and you'll realize that you can't because that's just what you form. That's just what you're used to. You can't break it because it'll ruin your whole day. Everything will get out of order and cause chaos in your life. You'll lose self-control by changing something you do. Now, if you've been accepted, if you've been if you've accepted Christ this morning, you become a new creature, and I want you to know something. Everything's different. The world is not the same after you accept Christ. What natural impulses do you have? What do you naturally do that you shouldn't do? Every one of us got it, everybody's different. And have you let God take that impulse and change it to honor and glorify Him? You may have an impulse to run 70 miles an hour everywhere you go. I don't know you. I don't know your life. Sometimes I'm guilty of that. I'll run as fast as I can to get to wherever I'm trying to go. Is that honoring God? Can we take that impulse and change it to where we drive speed limit, we gain four minutes in the morning and we call somebody that we ain't seen this week? That we pray for somebody for that four minutes that we love people? Even beyond the reasoning... Uh, for this piece of Scripture uh, to be just restraint or just self control It says in 1 Corinthians 9.25, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now what is Paul trying to say at the church of Corinth? Paul is trying to say this. And that piece of Scripture says, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. He's talking about people getting ready for games, for getting ready uh, to go together and compete against each other. He's talking about an athlete preparing for an event. And as an athlete prepares for an event, what does an athlete do? An athlete trains. An athlete goes through intensive training, uh, training that we would probably never dream of going through athletically wise and and getting in control of their muscles. They control their breathing. Uh, They control their heart rate. And they're all in top-notch shape. Why? So that anything they face when they go to compete, they're ready. Y'all hear me, church? When Paul is talking about this, he's talking about somebody that it says, And every man that striveth for the mastery, every man that goes out and works and, com- and gets ready for the battle, what does it say? It's temperate in all things. We're talking about temperance. What is that trying to tell us today? If you want to go out and face a battle, if you want to go out and face sin, face the devil, uh, face your work, face everything the world has to offer, what is it trying to say to us? We should be prepared with great temperance, with a great readiness. When we go out into the world, we're going to face it. It's tough. These last three here, I want you to realize something. Uh, they're the last three for a reason. They're fundamental. They're basic. That last one's hard. Like I said, I believe Paul might have wrote that a few times and scratched it out. He said, no, Lord, let me write something else. Lord, let me leave it at eight. Let me me just try to mark that out. To have temperance, to have self-control, you have to be ready. You have to be ready to fight that battle. The fruit of the Spirit is temperance. It is to be self control We'll close by reading the last three verses after this if you have your Bible still open. It says something after this that I read this morning and it really caught my eye. Now these fruits of the Spirit, are, we've already realized they're fruits of the Spirit. They're, they're from God. They're not something that you can just create within yourself. They're not something you can just manifest up and own it. That's not how it works. It says in verse 24, after finishing verse 23, it says, "...against such there is no law." And that they are Christ, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. It says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also what? Walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. What is that trying to tell us today? Paul lays out these nine fruits of the Spirit, these natural things the body wants to do, and he gets done labeling them all for us, and hopefully you have a better understanding of what they're trying to tell you to do. He tells you to live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, be like Jesus Christ. You should appear like Him, love like Him, have joy like Him, have meekness like Him, self-control like Him. What should you have from Jesus? Everything. You have all the attributes. These nine attributes are Jesus. These nine attributes are Jesus going to a cross. These nine attributes are Jesus laying down His life, being buried in a tomb, and Him rising, Him ascending, and Him Spirit coming back and loving us. These nine fruits of the Spirit are from God. He gives them to you, each and every one of them. Ain't that good to know? Ain't that good that we've got... We've got emotional, we've got peace, joy, and love. We've got evidence, we've got long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. We've got fundamental stuff, faith, and meekness, and temperance. And you've got them. You say, Zach, I don't, I don't have some of them. If you've been saved by God's grace, you do. The fruit of the Spirit is within you. You have those things in your life. I'll ask them to get a verse of some song ready this morning. And as we... Reflect back, church, of when we started these messages. A lot of you didn't realize that when we started preaching on the fruits of the Spirit, we began on the day of Pentecost. Now, I don't know if this church celebrates Pentecost, but if you look at your calendar, a lot of them will say Pentecost happened three Sundays ago. Ain't that good? We looked at the fruits of the Spirit because the Spirit was poured out on man on that beginning of that day. I want you to realize something. If, if you've been saved by God's grace today, you have these fruits. You have them. If you don't have them, there's something missing in your life. If you don't have them, you need to harness them. And I'll tell you, I struggle with that ninth one. Having that self-control, having to say that, I can stop having to say that, this is Paul said, he suffered with it. We all suffer with it. And I, I by golly, I probably suffer with all, all nine of them certain times in my life. Can we have the fruits of the Spirit in our life. Can we truly say that we have peace, that we have this meekness, temperance, that we have joy, peace, long-suffering? You know, this is, I said that first Sunday that we preached these, joy puts a smile on my face. Do you have just a, a, a smile about you that can't be explained? Just joy that passes everything. Just understanding, just peace. These are the things that the fruit of the Spirit gives us. And I hope and I pray today that you have These nine fruits, or at least some of them. I'm glad that if you don't have some of them, you can search them out today. As we stand and sing, what page you got?